Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah Wal Jamaah. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم It's a beautiful Wednesday morning here in Lanasia Arafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name My engineer of course Haji Suleiman Esop He will be with us from now till 12-ish Insha'Allah And of course our beloved respected honorable Fadilatul Ustad Hazrat Mulana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein Hafidahullah I want to welcome the listeners of Sirius FM Haji Faisal Asmal And Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and company And I want to welcome the listeners of Merkel Sahaba The voice of Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jama'ah Remember our WhatsApp number is 084786 3132 Eight days left for the Holy Blessed Month of the month of Ramadan. Ustad, welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum arafat. Jazakallahu khairan. A listener is saying, I don't want to my name to be taken. I seen my husband's friend cheating on his wife. Mufti Saab. Do I tell my husband about this? Ustad, anonymous. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihi al-Kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Today is the 22nd of Sha'aban. Hence, next week, Wednesday evening, we will scan the sky, inshallah, for the new moon and crescent. And inshallah, once it's sighted, then that will usher in the month of Ramadan, 1444, 2023, inshallah, Aziz. When one studies the noble Quran, one finds in Surah 3, Surah Al-Imran, Chapter 3, and verse number 110, All Allah Jalla addressing me and you, Kuntum you, Khaira Ummatin, you are the best of people, nations, and generations. 
Why? Ukhrijat linnas. You have been taken out for the benefit of humanity. So what does it mean? You are taken out for the benefit of humanity. Ta'amuruna bil ma'roof. You command the good. You forbid the evil. Watanahona anil munkari. Watu'minuna billah. And you believe in all Almighty Allah Jalla wala. Hence, Amar bil ma'roof and joining the good and forbidding the evil is a unique feature characteristic of this ummah. If we don't do that, then we are not the best of ummah. Then we are shirking our responsibilities and our duties. You say she is your friend. So you must contact her. You don't need the permission of your husband. And otherwise, anonymously also, you can send a message and so forth and tell her, that see a husband is philandering busy with this one this one and so forth and in that way there you must alert her about that and remember then you are the true friend indeed otherwise if you could remain silent and so forth then that is a problem with the ummah today we remain silent silent and then when it hits our homes then we want to wake up and so forth nay you must inform her it is your sisterly duty, it is your Muslim duty and your Islamic duty to alert her and inform her, name by name you inform her, or anonymously you can tell her that, see, this is what's happening behind your back and so forth and so on. Somebody says your Ustad is a student of Deen, but Muftis up, Ramadan is approaching. Is it the job of the wife to prepare savories? It's not my duty. Anonymous Ustad. You must remember, mm. so what are you going to do the whole day and the whole night? You must remember that. So when your husband comes home, so a hungry man is an angry man. So you will tell him, no, you were reading Tahajjud, you were reading five daily Salat, you were reading Quran Sharif, and you got no time for savories. So what will happen to that marriage there? When your husband tells you he wants samosas, he wants bajjas, he wants spring roll, and he instructs you, then it becomes wajib upon you, compulsory upon you to do so, and so for him, you don't have to do for his friends and for this one and that one, but for him, you have to do so. So you must understand, one side you say you're a student of deen, but on the other side, you don't even know the rudiments and the basics of deen. So you must understand that from now, you should be starting already. Yesterday, I saw my wife when I was going for Isha, and then I I even joked there to them, you must remember, that I told them my wife was making the samosas and so forth and so on. We were discussing about Ramadan and then the Q&A. So all of you remember, you still got one whole week before Ramadan starts. So don't sit on your laurels and think of Hadi. Prepare it now. And don't come and tell me you will order from here and there, Daila Samosa, Daila Bajja and Daila spring roll and all that remember a person like me leave everybody else I don't like all these things half the time we got shook and doubt whether it's halal or haram and so forth so Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us 
authentic hadith in Tirmidhi Mustafa Habibuna addressed his beloved Nawasa his beloved grandson Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu arda leave that which places you and puts you into doubt and opt for that in which there is absolutely no doubt so that is what Islam teaches us respected Mufti Sab why do parents have children if they don't want to spend time with them my parents hardly talk to me my mom only belittles me she says I'm useless it's going on for years I'm tired now, Mufti A.K. I just want to rest in peace. Ustad. So you must remember, one is the parents are not fulfilling their duties. So they are guilty. We answer the questions as the questions are posed. But parents, see, I show you one lesson. You, my son, you, my daughter, you, my brother, sister in Islam. Never in the Quran, in the Sunnah Mubarakah, authentic teaching of Prophet Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah will you find that Allah Ta'ala or Nabi Salam is commanding the parents that you must love your children. Why? It is an innate quality, an inherent quality, inborn quality. It is something natural that parents will love their children. Yes, the parents, the children are told in the Quran Sharif, in the Sunnah Mubarakah, you must show respect, you must show love to your parents, you must be obedient to them and so forth. Now you have to do some introspection, you have to do some soul searching. That how come my parents, both of them, not only one, are like disappointed in me? That they spend so much on me, but maybe in school also I made a mess. Maybe in madrasa also I made a mess. Maybe when they opened a business for me also, I just ran it to the ground. So therefore they are making this unsavory comments and they are making disparaging remarks that you are good for nothing, you are hopeless, you are like this, you are like that. So in life, before we start throwing pebbles at others and yeah, your parents, let us look at ourselves that what did i achieve you 17 years old 20 years old 22 years old what did you achieve in life so you must remember that the parents are guilty i'm telling you that but aren't you also guilty Mm. so my advice to you instead of making r.i.p rest in peace and all that you're wasting your time with all those things there you must go when your mother is alone go kiss her hand and tell her mommy i love you you must forgive me my shortcomings ramadan is mubarak Mubarak is approaching please ummi make special dua for me i am going to change now and i will give it my best shot i will try whatever you'll hope for and aspirations you have go to your father kiss his hand when he's alone in a good mood speak to him admit your weaknesses don't say that you did this and you did this speak of yourself that yes i was good for nothing i did not fulfill your hopes and aspirations but i'm promising you now that before ramadan i'm changing my life and i'm just asking you one thing forgive me and make dua for me then see how far you will go in life 
People ask me that I spoke to my Ustad the other day, Hafiz Ibrahim Rimalia, when we just came back from Durban and so forth. You know, the Natal Madlands tour that is there to uh, Marisburg and Camperdown and Harwick and then their escort and so. So nevertheless, long story. So I told him that, Ustad, I can't thank you enough. The dua you make for me and so forth, you know. So that is how you go far in life. Allah Ta'ala's mercy, the wasila, the barakah of Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then the dua he made for us, the ummah and muslimah. And then our parents' duas, our teachers' duas. Then you will go far in life. Like this, it seems like you're not uttering the words, but it seems like in the unspoken that you want and curse your parents. They also just good for nothing. Nay, you can't do that, better, Betty. You can't do that, son. You have to go and turn the whole status quo around and say, I'm to blame and I want your du'as and ask for forgiveness and then see this whole Ramadan, things will go better for you and you will improve, inshallah, in your goals and objectives in life. There's a brother says here, would you respect Mufti AK? I hear you what you say, but I'm sorry. I won't go up to my dad and ask for maf. It's between me and Allah. Alhamdulillah, my life is going smooth. Shukar, Ustad. So you must remember, mm. if you want to practice on arrogance, then I can't tell you anything. You ask me for advice. I gave you sincere advice. A dinu an-nasiha. What is deen? Deen is sincere advice. Authentic hadith in Muslim Sharif. But what you are doing, now this you must write down. Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the hadith is authentic in Bayhaqi and Mishka Sharif. Kullu dhambin, every sin a person perpetrates and commits, so it is the prerogative of Allah. Either Allah forgives the person or Allah punishes the person. It is Allah Jalla's prerogative. Illa walidain. Except when we are disobedient to one's parents and so forth. Allah will unleash the punishment for their son, daughter, and children in this worldly life for their disobedience, their rebelliousness against their parents in this world before death overtakes them. So that is hadith mentioned in Mishkar Sharif Bayhaqi. Second hadith. The people, the, student, the children came to the master, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our parents, they're oppressing us, they're doing wrong. He, Habibuna, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, you still go to your parents, you make up with them, do good to them. Wa in dhalama, wa in dhalama, wa in dhalama. Thrice the master, rahmatulil alameen, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, mentioned, even if they are doing wrong, even if they're oppressing you, even if they are transgress, transgressing your rights, you must still be good to them, show love to them, respect to them. So these are clear-cut hadiths. Go open Imam Bukhari's Al-Adabul Mufrad. Go open Muslim Ahmed Mishka Sharif. You will find all these type of hadiths. You don't want to accept, so that is your arrogance and your pride.
said, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, what is the definition of pride? Batarul haq. When the truth dawns on a person, he rejects it. nas. He looks down on the people, telling them that he says, who are you to come and tell me? I will do as I please. That is the slogan of Satan, Lucifer, Shaitan, and Iblis. Ana min. I'm better than him. So you see where you are standing? It's your life. We will make dua for you, but you making, digging such a hole, you will only realize it when that pride, arrogance of yours becomes the means of your humiliation, disgrace in this world, brother. Allahu Akbar. Somebody says, my husband does not talk to me for nearly two years, Muftisab. We had an argument he sleeps in the other room. What do I do, Ustad? So you must tell him that every minute Allah Ta'ala's curse is on him. You must remember that Habibuna Mustafa Sallallahu two ahadith should come in, and especially at this juncture where we on the threshold of Ramadan Mubarak, he Habibuna Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, La yahillu li muslimin is not permissible for any Muslim. Ayyahjura akhahu fawqa thalath that he severs ties with another Muslim. Faman hajra fawqa thalath and whosoever severs ties with another Muslim for more than three days, three nights, famata they die, they go straight to Jahannam and the hellfire. If you mean, sister, your husband does not talk to you at all, no salam, no kalam, let alone conjugal rights and that, but he wants to eat your food, he wants to eat, you understand, the nice, nice uh, savories and all that you make for him. So this hadith is applicable to him, then he goes straight to Jahannam. You must tell him, your husband, and take my name. He, Habibuna Rasulullah, spoke about these issues. You can be making hajj every year. You can be going for umrah in Ramadan every year. You can be reading tahajjud salat. You can be fasting all Ramadan, making 10 khatams also of the noble Quran. Mm. Nothing is accepted. Oh. Nothing is accepted. Open Mishka Sharif, you will find. Utrukhuma, leave these two groups, these two people, these two persons here that who have severed ties with one another. Hatta yastaliha till they reconcile. The prerequisite, the condition for our actions to be accepted in the court of Allah, we reconcile, especially husband, wife, especially parent, children, especially children, especially siblings, and so forth. Rishta, then for Rishta, kisifat ban that build that family ties, then Allah will grant you with the quality of the angels and so forth. But when you are too proud, remember this. So how is he fulfilling his rights? For two years, he got no look, nothing to do with you. So where is he parking? Does he have a spare wheel maybe? We don't know. You don't understand? But you must remember that that is not normal for a person, remember, that if 35, 40, 45 years old, he's still acting and you say that it's got nothing to do with you. So you must check. Maybe there's something going on there in the office with the secretary or with somebody else. We're not 
accusing anybody, but we're saying that the possibility is there, that why is he carrying on like this? So you must remember sometimes, this is an old trick the husbands play, you must remember that. Many a time the husbands are guilty, but they will put you, the wife, in a corner, and you will start thinking that really, mm. that you, the wife, are guilty. You call this the blame game. That they want to blame you for their vices and their sins. Somebody says, are we Muslims to blame for the problems in the country when there was no adultery, dating, drinking, drugs, LGBT, females going to work, modest dressing among our Muslim women, conditions in the country were much better. Ustad. Remember, my brother, three things here you must understand. Apartheid was a crime against humanity. No person in his right mind can condone and justify apartheid. We must be clear on that issue, especially if you were an African black, if you were a colored, if you were an Indian, we were the victims. So obviously the African blacks suffered the most and then the coloreds, and then we Indians, but we all were victims of it, right? So that we must be very clear on that. Second issue is this. When 1994 came, they told you freedom, freedom, freedom. So you voted for them. Be honest, you, this person who's asking the question. Be honest. Did you not vote for them in 94 and 99 and so forth? I can tell you, Wallahi, I have Quran in my hand. I never, ever voted for them and never will I vote for them. So when you voted for them and freedom, 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 so now the freedom of pornography came in, Mm, the freedom of gambling came in, the freedom of prostitution came in, the freedom of LGBT came in, so all the vices became legalized because they told you they have the best constitution in the world but that constitution is not worth the paper on which is written for us as Muslims what are the end results anything you want to study you must look at the consequences and the results of it so it landed us up as one of the gay capitals of the world one of the murder capitals of the world one of the rape capitals of the world one of the crime capitals of the world so that is the result and nobody and the corruption capital of the world that we number one so not remember so when we muslims turn a blind eye we say no everybody is doing this so let me do it so that is what's happening to the muslim today i'm asking you one question right just be honest about this Put 100 Muslim homes and tell me if 18, 90 don't have TV and they're not watching porn. The simple question I'm asking. You understand? So remember that every movie, second movie, got porn. You must remember this type of things. They glorify. If somebody comes to your house, see another example. Somebody comes to your house, they tell you, buy, Ben, you know what, just give us your bedroom and we want to use it for half an hour, one hour for fornication, adultery, gay business. You will want to take out your AK-47 and your gun and what and swear them. But you sit in the lounge, all parents, children, daughter-in-law, father-in-law, watching the movies, where the fornication, where the adultery, where the gay brigade, parking here, parking in the loading zone, parking front, parking back, everything goes on. And we're all laughing, smiling, as though everything is acceptable. 
So when we are active participants in these vices, then the halal don't change. Conditions don't change for the better. Conditions will change for the worst. Remember this type of thing. How many are marriages breaking today in front of our eyes because the husbands are busy with the prostitutes, the husbands are busy with the street ladies, the husbands are busy on the chat lines with Allah alone knows how many women? So let us be, and some women are also involved. This morning in the news, I gave you after the tafsir, go to South Korea, and they worked out the percentage, and now only they get worried. I stayed there in Hamilton, where that whole incident took place last year, where hundreds of people died and so forth. Then I asked the Jamaat, how come you put me here? This is a red light district. They said, no, it's the nearest place to the masjid after Fajr, you got program. I said, after the program, I want out from here. While you're walking, you can see the condoms and all this type of things there. You understood? That is their culture. 38% of the South Korean women are complaining of sexual assault and sexual harassment and molestation and all these things here. So remember this. Now yet we get our Molvis who want to legalize and justify going to university, justify going on TV, justify, you must remember, closing the mosque, justify going to court to close the mosque. So how can you then get the mercy of Almighty Allah when we are involved in all these type of vices? <laughs> this is all arrogance and pride when we don't accept our own shortcomings, our own vices and sins. I see the person says, I have never voted for anyone who started. Yes. So you're one of the lucky ones if you never voted, brother. But everything else I'm saying, so you must remember, majority of the Muslims, they voted. Mm. And now is no sense blaming that when calamities befall you, it's because of your own deeds, your own actions. Somebody says, well, reading lots of du'as for the EFF strike help if we don't change our current un-Islamic lifestyles interfaith as well. So you must remember dua is always a good weapon. You don't have to make dua for one political party for them or against them. You must make dua for the entire ummah. Remember this, me and you are going through a picnic if you compare what's happening in Palestine. They put our children in cages. So you must remember that. So if you compare ourselves with Syria with the Kuffar regime of the Shias, the Alawis, Bashar Assad and his army mowing down the Sunnis and you must remember compare ourselves with Libya, Pakistan compare ourselves with Egypt, you got the beard, you got the kurta, they'll just pick you up and tell you you belong to the Ikhwan the Muslim Brotherhood, so we have challenges, there's no problem, we have problems, but when you compare it, so you must remember it's very small compared to the people of Gaza and Palestine and so forth so keep on making dua, but change our life for the better Islamically. Surah 13, Surah Ra'ad, verse 11, Inna allaha la yughayiru ma biqawmin hatta yughayiru ma bianfusim. Verily, Allah will not change the condition of a people until and unless we don't change ourselves. Dua is very good, but with dua you need some dawa, some medication also. So what is the dawa? We have to suppress our desires. We have to move away from all these haram activities. So with dua, there must be action also. Yeah.
So, Mufti Saab, we as children have no rights. Most of the time, parents, when reminded of their obligations towards their kids, they highlight their high rank and tell, make sabr of our wrongdoings, Ustad. So remember, your first part of the question is totally wrong. How can you say you don't have rights? It was right there on Arafat. Mustafa Rasulullah mentioned the charter, the constitution for humanity and posterity and said, go study the last sermon there during the Hajj. During the farewell Hajj. Verily all Almighty Allah has given every person rights who is eligible to the rights. So it is your right that your parents must give adhan in your right ear. They must give iqama in your left ear. They must make tahnik and on the seventh day. They must make akika. They must then give you a good name. That are your rights over your parents. They must give you the best education as far as Islam goes. They must give you character, ta'alim of character. The problem today, they give all the seeds besides the character. So they'll give you the clothing, they'll give you the cash, they'll give you the CDs, cell phones, computer, cars, all that they will give you. Ma nahala walidun nahlan ahsana min adabin hasan. Parents, the best give you gift. Your children is good character. Hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif. So that is where they're failing. So you must never say that you don't get rights. That they got rights, but parents will manipulate it to their advantage. Remember that. So parenting is also something you have to learn. So when you have a stable family who are connected to the Quran, connected to Allah Ta'ala's Kalam and the speech of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then you will find peace, harmony, zikr, everything. Today, everybody wants to do their own thing. So there is nothing that is there that will bind the family. Remember that. Because everybody got their own TV, own cell phone, own room, everything and so (laughs) forth. So you do what you want to do. So we must look at everything holistically from all sides. Somebody says I'm married for three years now. And I'm working Monday to Friday, Ustad. I love helping my wife where I can. I cook on weekends as well. And I help her with many things. But when I'm helping her with her duties, Ustad, she takes advantage and makes it my responsibility. If I don't do it, she's angry and she says, I take her as my slave, Ustad. Remember that what you are doing is excellent. That is what we all should be doing. Treat your wives with love, respect and justice. Surah 4 verse 19. But at the same time, your wife must not take undue advantage. So if some days you don't do so, so she doesn't have the right to become upset and so forth and so on. So you must start ta'aleem in your house. Ramadan is coming now. Take the work of Hazrat Sheikh, Hazrat Mohan Zakaria, Sheikh Uladis, Nawarallah Marqadawu, Fazail Ramadan, and start reading it daily, five minutes, seven minutes. The key is consistency. Every day you must do so. And Ahabbul A'mali ilallah adwamuha wa inqallah. The most beloved action by Almighty Allah is the one where there is consistency, even if a little for a while the quantity might be less. It doesn't matter. But key is consistency. And make dua together. Ya wadud, ya wadud. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurata'ayun. Today is Wednesday 
Wednesday, today, this afternoon, after Zohar Salat, make dua. Whether you're together, whether you are at work, she's at home. So wherever you are, take the three Turakat Salat extra, go into Sizda, Allah se Mangnahe, Allah se Manwanahe, beg Almighty Allah to make decisions in our favor. So that is how your marriage will be enhanced. And marriage is not the bodies only must meet, the hearts have to meet. When the hearts meet, there's unity of thought, then both of you will be going together. True, you must remember you in a plane and what you get in the plane. The turbulence, you will go through the turbulence. You're in the boat and in the ship together. So what you get there? All the big, big waves. So all the waves also, you will go and pass it together. And in South Africa, you are traveling. You're not on the water. You're not in the air. So you will pass the potholes together also. Viva South Africa, my brother. <laughs> Somebody says, my nephew got married about six months ago. The girl's father told him that they're going to do Rukseti after two months. Mufti Sab, it's now been six months and the girl doesn't want to come. She wants a talaq. The marriage was not consummated. My question is, can we take the jewelry and mehr back from her? Ustad. Remember this, the question is but hazy. That you all agreed there will be a nikah. So the nikah took place. Thereafter, you'll agree the Rukhsati, the wife will come stay with you. You must remember that will be, that is after two months. Then six months have passed now. You say the marriage has not been consummated. The crucial factor that you left out is this. Now, this I am asking you. Did you spend any time with her in privacy? Did you kiss her? Did you touch her? Did you sleep with her? Even maybe for half an hour, one hour or so. It's not necessary that even if you slept with her, that same day you just, you know, consummated. Sometimes people consummate the marriage after one week, one month also, you know. So you must remember, that's the crucial part. And then if you divorce her, after the khalwa took place, where you and she were in privacy for five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, you touched her, you caressed her, you fondled her, and all these things, and then you give a talaq, then it that is compulsory upon her. So if you didn't touch her at all, there was no consummating, there was no fondling, no touching, no going into privacy, and then you give a talaq, then you must remember, we will say that there's no iddat. So that is crucial. And then we will come to the question you are posing, that the mahar you gave, and you must remember the gifts you gave and all that. If you fondled her, you had your fun and games with her, although you did not consummate the marriage, then you can't take the gifts back. Quran Karim states, Surah 4, verses 21, 22, all day 320, 21, 22. And you gave her millions. You can't take anything back then. 
Do you want to cast aspersions, allegations against who? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa hadith in Bukhari Sharif, when you gave a gift to a person and then you take it back, al-a'idu fi hibatihi kal-kalbi ya'udu fi qay'ihi the person who gave a gift and then you take it back, the parable example is like the dog. The dog is vomiting and licking the vomit. Mm. So that is what I must know. Did you go and fondle her? Did you spend time with her in privacy or not? So that is crucial for us to know that. Then you can understand the whole thing. 18 minutes to 12. We'll go for an interval. When we come back, inshallah, we will continue with the bliss of marriage. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Somebody says, Mufti AK, why ain't, why ain't you in total favor of a girl's Darul Ulum? My sister, she's a top Mu'allima, and she's doing good work for Allah's Deen. She's teaching in the Islamic school. And I'm currently starting becoming an Alima as well. Please refrain from using such words. Ustad. First and foremost, how can you be an Alima when half the kitabs you didn't do? <laughs> if I ask you, go ask her, your sister, your niece, how many kitabs they did on Usulul Fiqh? on the principles of fiqh. Go ask them how many kitabs they did on usulul hadith, ulumul hadith. Mm-hmm. Go ask them what they know of the Shafi'i, Maliki, Hanbali school. Zero. So yeah, they studied the Hana Shafi'i school through Hidayah or through the Hanafi books. So that's a grave injustice. So therefore, to give you all the title of Alima is delusional. It is deceptive. Remember that you're fooling yourself that I'm an Alima and all these type of things. You must call yourself, I'm a Mu'allima, I'm a Appa, I'm this, I'm that, I'm not a, you must remember, uh, Alima. That is the big problem. And once you start saying, I'm a Alima, I'm a Alima, even today somebody sent me a message. She said, we want to get married to this person there, and my niece, my sister is a Alima. So remember this, I always tell them, don't use this term Alima, that's the time you'll start growing big, big horns. <laughs> Therefore, in Arabic we say, Manqala, for the men also, who says, Ana Alim, I'm a Alim, I'm a Alim, for Jahil, he's ignorant as far as Islam goes. So remember this type of things here. For you sisters, we did against this here. That you just do Bukhari, you don't even know whether you're coming or going. One madrasa, I went, I say, I heard your girl's madrasa. I heard you did Bukhari, it's true. He said, yeah, we did whole Bukhari in English. <laughs> so And they gave them certificates. You must remember this type of things. Here. So you don't fool yourself. You must remember this type of thing. From the questions you'll ask, I can know that how ignorant you are even on basic issues you must remember that so this whole alima alima title must be scrapped completely remember that so should ladies perform jumu'ah in the haram we a group of 11 ladies we came with our husbands we are in saudi at the moment to start no you must not perform your jumu'ah salat in the haram you know the haram is packed now. It's the last Friday before Ramadan Mubarak. And you know the gates will close. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, all that. 
So wherever you are, you are in Makkah, you are in Zamzam, you are in Hilton, you are in this hotel, that hotel, sit quietly there and read your Zohar Salat. Remember, So you must remember this, who is the Imam? It can be anybody. But nobody can come to the rank of the Master, Sallallahu Sallam. Go open Targheeb or Targheeb. Umme Humayda Sa'idiya. She came to the This is in Khairul Qurun, the golden era of Islam. She came to the Master Habibuna Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and said, Ya Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I, Umme Humayda Sa'idiya, want to perform and read Salat behind you, Ya Rasulullah Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi in Masjid Nabawi. Habibuna Sallallahu Alaihi said, See, your house is three sections, three parts. If you read Salat day in your house, in the front section, you will get more reward compared to reading Salat behind me in Masjid Nabawi. If you read in your middle section, you will get even more reward. And if you read right at the back, you will get the optimum maximum reward. Now this is direct and Sheikh Albani and them have said this hadith is sahih. I'm giving you the reference, everything. So therefore, don't fool yourself, sisters. That, remember, when something Islam made easy for you, why you want to make life difficult? Jumma Salat is not compulsory upon women. When Allah Ta'ala says, Surah 62, verse 9, Ya amanu, e iman walo, oh, you believe. When Azan is given, so the first Azan after Zawal, I must explain to you something there that's happening in Saudi. On a Friday, first, then hasten towards the Khutbah and the Jummah Salat and leave your business. So this address is to men, not for the woman. Woman, you read your Zohar Salat and you will get the reward. All of you who are in Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawara, you will notice that the Adhan goes half an hour, 30 minutes before the actual time that Zohar time starts on a Friday, before Jummah Salat time starts. So this is not permissible. Remember, according to Hanafis, Malikis, Shafi'is, it's not permissible. It's only permissible according to the Hanbalis. Then the same Sudais and them, they want to speak of unity. It was running like this for centuries. But now, five years ago or so, they changed it. You must remember that four or five years ago, and now they bring the Adhan forward and so forth. So I have a book. It's called, you must remember that, Mufradatu Al-Fathur Rabbani Ala Mufradati Ahmad bin Hanbal Shaybani. In there also it's mentioned. Nobody allows this from majority scholars. Only the Hanbalis allow that. You sisters will get so confused you don't know what's happening. Just sit quietly in your hotel and you read Salat there. Remember Zohar Salat and you'll get much more reward. So we dead against this that you go for Jumma Salat to the Haram Sharif and that. And especially the so many ahadis on this issue there. So that is the fatwa on that issue. Ustad, allow me to read this here. I happened to be at the Johannesburg Zoo Lake yesterday with my family and I was told by a few brothers that there will be a Janazah Salah taking place for the people who lost their lives in Gaza. 
Can a janaza salah take place when there is no body? That means no corpse. And second question is, janaza salah was already performed in Palestine. So is it correct to perform a second janaza salah? You guys are confusing us. And why should we perform janaza for them? What have they done for us? I'm Uzair, Ustad. Remember, here there are three issues. Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu sahaba companions when they left uh, Makkah Mukarramah Hijaz Mubarak the first Hijrah did not take place to Medina Munawwara the first Hijrah took place to Habasha here to Africa and Ethiopia and then remember Najashi Negus radiallahu ta'ala who gave them asylum he embraced Islam after Jafar radiallahu ta'ala who read Surah Maryam and so forth this is enshrined in the Noble Quran chapter 5 verse 83 the beginning of the seven Jews so he Najashi and Negus in English he did a favor to the companions and students of Nabi then after several years he passes away in Ethiopia Habibuna receives wahi he passed away then Nabi took Sahaba out of the masjid and then they read Salatul Janaza al-Ghaib so nobody, the body is there in in uh, in uh, Ethiopia in Habasha, and Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is in Madinah Munawwara. So therefore, the Shafi's Hanbalis they say that is permissible. You can have Salatul Janaza al Ghaib. The Hanafis and the Malikis they say is not permissible. They say the prerequisite is the body must be there. And they say this is min khasais in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is one of the unique features, characteristics of the Master Habibuna Sallallahu Alaihi That's the academic discussion. First thing I want to ask you that is it right to choose such an immoral place like the zoo lake and go read Salatul Janaza? You know what happens there. All the vices takes place there. So how can Muslims even think of going to such place? So if you want to read Salatul Janaza, you can meet up there at the masjid on the courtyard outside the masjid and there you read. So what a place they chose. So that is highly, highly objectionable, undesirable. And remember your last statement, Uzair, smacks of arrogance and mm. ignorance. Let me tell you that. What did the people of Gaza do? They are the only ones who are giving their lives while you sitting on your laurels and thinking of Hadi and all these things here. So remember, Allah does not need traitors like you for the liberation of Palestine. They are dicing with death and giving their life to protect Majidul Aqsa and you want to come with your fanciful comments here. Make Tawbah, brother. Mm. I see Bai in Bank saying the same thing. How can he use such words like that to start? Mm. Can a Muslim girl start become a nun? I mean, is there such a thing as a nun in Islam? No what? such thing. Totally haram in Islam. La rahbani yatafil Islam. In Islam, you can't become a monk. You can't become a nun where you denounce and renounce the dunya and you live there. So you see today, the monk and the nun, they live separate. When there's nobody looking, then they gravitate to one another. 
but they didn't realize this one hidden camera and then the monk and the nun they busy with monkey business so you must remember this you don't see every time how the Pope has to go here and there and apologize for the pedophilia what the Pope, what the priests are doing to the boys what they are doing to the nuns and mm. so forth and all these things here it is one of the greatest crimes committed in the name of Christianity you must remember that Islam is fitrah fitratullahi lati fatran nasa alayha if you study Islam without the jaundice eye then you will know everything of Islam is a natural way and natural system totally haram in Islam to become a monk and to become a nun mm. somebody says Ustad if my wife beca- if my wife becomes non-Muslim Will we still be regarded as husband and wife who start? No. You must remember the death penalty will apply. You must remember if the husband becomes non-Muslim, the wife becomes non-Muslim, the hadith is in Bukhari Sharif, Man then you must give them the death penalty. And regarding the man, all the scholars and jurors agree. And all four schools. Regarding the woman, so remember that the Shafi is, the Malikis and the Hanbali say even for her, there will be death penalty. And that is the correct verdict. Remember this. There's a hadith, hadith of Umm Marwan in Dara Qutni, where death penalty was given. Only Hanafi say that there won't be death penalty for the Murtadda, for the daily lady. And they say there'll be Habs Hatta Tamut which means that she will be imprisoned, incarcerated till she makes Toba or she dies a natural death and the Nikah all that broken and so forth. Remember that you continue loving with her and husband, wife continue with relation. Allah's curse is on you. You must remember these things. Yeah. Hmm. Listen to this one, Ustad. I was fixed to get married. Now the boy says he doesn't like me so much. He likes my sister better. I am so heartbroken. Every time someone comes to see me, she must spoil it for me. I hate her. This is not the first time I've this up. I want to run away from home. My parents always side with her. Ustad. So see, this is a family feud now. Mm. So this is Ekpul Domali, mm. you see. So what happened is in Ekpul Domali, there was one girl and two boys. So yeah, now you must remember it is what? That he is do pool, so you must in do mali. You see that, <laughs> so you must remember that you are two sisters. Now you have got rivalry. So first he came to see you, he liked you, but afterwards when he checked your sister, he said, "Hey, that one is even better." <laughs> and your parents also said, "Yeah, teacher, you don't have to marry A B C, you marry X Y Z." So finish. So now he's going to marry her. So why are you worrying? Allah will give you someone better. Always remember you, the sister. You're running away and running. When you run away from problems, you're not solving the problem. Mm. You're just exacerbating the problem. You're just increasing the problem. So, my sister, I want you that remove all those emotions and that. Go to Kalamullah, the direct speech of Allah, chapter 8, Surah Anfal, verse number 70. When there's goodness in your heart, you got through Iman, through Islam, through Ikhlas. 
Allah will give you something, somebody better than that what was taken away from you. Yes, you will be heartbroken, it's natural. But remember that, and Allah will forgive you also. So say that is the decree of Allah, and let her go, my sister. Yes, you are heartbroken, but you must speak to Allah. Ya Allah, you said in chapter 8, verse 70, you will give me someone better i have iman i have islam i have to look with you ya allah i take your name i read your kalam i read durood sharif all that today you beg allah after zuhur salat so that is our muslim not now i run away and i do that and said i curse my sister all that is childishness my brother sister things go our way alhamdulillah Things don't go our way. Alhamdulillah, yala kulli hal. We thank Allah in all cases and circumstances. Allah ta'ala, big easy for us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.